This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Nelson Dellis. Nelson, how you doing, my friend? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm excited. Okay. As I was saying before we started recording, it seems like uh, lots of people I talk to, their 40s, their 50s, they're like, you know, gosh, my memory's just not what it used to be. I don't know if it's the kids and all the crazy activities and all the stuff we do, but you are a four-time memory champion. You are a memory athlete, which I, I had never yeah. heard that before I did my research, but a memory athlete, <laughs> phenomenal, all the stuff you guys are doing out there. You're an author. Your book's called Remember It. Uh, you are a speaker. You've climbed Mount Everest three times. Holy smokes, you got a lot to talk about. So welcome to the show, Nelson. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Happy so, to be here. So talk to us a little bit about what made Nelson the man he is today. What got you into this stuff and uh, what keeps you going? Oh, man. Uh, that's a, it's a long journey um, of trying a bunch of things out and some sticking, some not. Um, oh. I've always had that passion of just kind of going after something and seeing how far I can go with it. Um, and then I move on to the next thing. But for whatever reason, you know, memory was one of those things, but it stuck. And it probably stuck because um, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and kind of dealing with that and, and seeing her go through that, I think it just like really impacted me in a way that nothing yeah. else had. So um, I used that, that fire to train and learn these techniques and eventually win the championship four times. Mm-hmm. And turn it into my career and passion. So yeah. that's kind of been the catalyst to, to bring me where I am. But over my whole life, I've always been just naturally curious and, you know, dedicated to things that I, I, I'm interested in. So what were your passions before? I mean, I guess, were you kind of just in odd jobs and different things before that? Or did you, would you say you had a career going and then fell in love with this? Yeah. I mean, I guess what I was always into, I, I studied physics and math. Um, you know, I was very drawn to the idea of how the world works. How can I write that down in terms of equations, you know, mm-hmm. like, and think about it from my own mind um, and come up with that, you know. So the connection between kind of numbers and, and the mind um, had always been there. Um, I grew up speaking um, other languages and, um, you know, I always liked kind of things you could do with your mind and memory I never thought would have been the thing that ended up being what I did with my mind because I didn't particularly have a good memory. Um, but uh, I guess that kind of, I've always had that interest somewhere tucked away um, and it just came out um, about that time. So grandma gets uh, Alzheimer's, it sounded like around 2009, is that correct? Or maybe that's when, you well, made that's when she passed away. Okay. Uh, she'd been suffering from it for like noticeably for a number of years before, yeah. but it escalated quickly at the end, you know? 
So it'd be a very terrible disease. I know you're doing a lot of good work in that world. So we'll talk about that later. So, sure. so talk to us about that past. So you don't just wake up and say, okay, I'm going to be a memory champ and, and do that. So talk to us about the training, the studying, being a student of your game. What, what was that like? What was that journey like? Or is it still like? Yeah, it, it's still that. Um, but obviously at the beginning, you know, like anyone getting started in something that you know nothing about, um, you see that there are professionals and people doing these incredibly seemingly unachievable things. And you're like, well, I don't know if I can get there, but I'm curious, right? You start with that bit of curiosity and that's what it was for me. And, um, you know, I think I started by downloading an audiobook by this guy, Dominic O'Brien, who was the, at the time, the winningest world champion, uh, a British guy. And it just kind of walks you through some of these techniques and convinced you as the listener that this is something anybody can do if you know the techniques and you work on it. So that got me going. Um, I entered my first memory championship, did okay, um, but met more people and it just fueled the fire even more. And I said to myself, you know what? This is it. I'm going to just go all out. I'm going to train every single day and see what happens, right? Whether I win or lose, I'm just going to try my best. And the cool thing about memory techniques is it feels like a superpower. So imagine practicing something and you feel like a superhuman you know like why would you stop so that kind of made myself keep going with it and uh before i knew it i was i was at the level of the top guys and and competing at a high level wow so i know a lot of people and especially in the business world you know we're all guilty of this i think you know let's take the christmas time we're in it now you're gonna go to a cocktail party right you're gonna you're gonna meet somebody and and you say, hey, I'm Nelson. And I say, hey, I'm Brett. And then five seconds later, I, you know, I take a sip of my drink and, and you like said, hey, I'll give you $1,000 if you knew my name. And I'm like, no idea what he just said his name was. Right? I mean, you yeah, probably yeah. got to hear that, don't you? I'm sorry. What was the you last thing you probably said? hear that a lot, right? From people like, Nelson, how oh. do I remember people's names? Like, what, yeah, what do we do? So give us some advice, man. What are we doing? Yeah. I mean, that, that's probably the number one request I get. Um, and it's a common thing. It's not... You know, it's not anybody's fault. Sure, some people are just naturally good at names, um, but they're probably employing almost subconsciously without thinking about it some of the technique or part of the technique that I that I use. Um, And basically, it's it's it boils down to paying attention, which isn't that unobvious. But um, it's how you do that, right? Because most people don't have a method to pay attention. You either are or you're not, and by the time you realize you're not, it's too late. So. How can you make a concerted effort to, to pay attention better? And that's kind of where the technique comes in um, because if you can fool your mind into doing that in a fun way, then you're going to want to do it more often and then it almost becomes a habit. So what I do when I meet people is I'll you know hear their name and I'll turn it into some kind of mental picture. So whatever the name reminds me of or sounds like, I come up with a picture. Do right? I want to know what you, saw, what you thought of when you said Brett or when you heard Brett? Well, this is the thing. So some of these are super boring, but because I do this a lot and I do right. it for competitions, a lot of very common names I have preset images for that are just right there. Okay. Um, so Brett is always like the action of betting, like throwing money down. Um, and it's not, bet isn't Brett, obviously, but right. it's enough. But it's, it's a jo- memory jogger. Yeah, and I've, I've fixed it to that name. So whenever I see that movement in my mind, you know, I'm at a blackjack table throwing down money or playing dice in the streets, whatever, something crazy. <laughs> it's the name Brett, right? Um, so once you have a picture for the name, then I try to associate that imagery to something about you. Um, 
when I first keep interrupting, if that's okay, because I got a lot of questions on this stuff. So is Brent and Brett and Brad, is that kind of the same thing or how does that no. work? Um, so Brad is pretty common. Brent is, is, is kind of like a variation, I guess, of Brett. So um, I don't know. I might, I don't have a preset image for that one, sure. but I might use the same one, but just keep a mental note of the end there. Yeah. Um, or I might think of something else that might actually make me think of David Brent, uh, which was the character from the, the British office, hmm. uh, Ricky Gervais. Okay. I, I, I used to love that show. If you <laughs> see that show, it means nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the whole thing, right? My 14 year old loves the office now. I mean, he's but, just fascinated by it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Okay. So you have Brett or whatever image you want yep. and I'm going to attach it or associate it to something about you. And typically what I tell people to start kind of as a, um, a first way of going about this is choose a feature on the person's face. That's usually where you're looking. That's usually what you notice when you meet someone, something about them yep. and you attach or kind of intertwine that image to that feature. Hmm. And the idea behind it is that next time I see you, rather than trying to remember what your name is, I'm just going to look or try to recall what I noticed about you, which I'll probably notice again anyways, because that's okay. how our minds work. Yep. And then because of that, you'll remember the name hmm. or the Makes image, sense. which will give you the name. Right. Yeah. And you know, you've heard people say, as soon as they say the name, you say Nelson, I say, Hey Nelson, nice to meet you. I mean, does that play into it at all or not? It, it can. Uh, but if you make it like an automatic thing, then your brain's really not doing anything extra just by repeating the name. What I like to do is make the name like a point of topic, right? Uh, bring the, the spotlight onto the name. Um, so we'd be like, oh, Brett, that's an interesting name. Why did your parents call you Brett? Is there a story behind that? You know, it's a little detour you take, but it adds to the whole memorableness of right. learning that person's name, yeah. right? And maybe they have some crazy story that's just unforgettable, right? Um, about their name, you know? For example, me, Nelson, some people ask me why that name. It's a very uncommon name, um, but it's actually pretty common in South America. And my parents named me after, um, I don't know if they named me after, but they heard right. the name and then named me that. After Nelson Piquet, the Brazilian race car driver, won the 1983 Monaco Grand Prix, which they were there for, and they always tell me it was a rainy day, so they just made me, <laughs> which is not a nice... Yeah, I don't, I don't need to it. know that, mom and dad. That's but right. it's a heck of a memorable story, right? That's right. That is a very... I'll probably never forget that. No, another race yeah. car driver. Good. <laughs> so you, uh, you also got to work with, which is where I uh, found you, was through uh, Jesse Itzler and Sarah Blakely. Jesse Itzler, you know, extremely successful. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Blakely, you know, founder of Spanx. Um, they hired you to be their memory coach, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. so here's two extremely high-level, successful people they're constantly wanting to get better. Um, talk to us about that experience. What was that like working with people like that? And, and, and you know, they're, they're everyday people just like you and I, right? Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, they're super nice people. I love the experience with them. Um, but what I loved about it is that they were so open to hearing what I had to say, you know, just because they're successful and, you know, have multi-million dollar projects and businesses or billion dollar businesses right. um, doesn't mean that they're perfect or have everything going for them. And they recognize that memory could actually make them even better uh, in their work, in their life, whatever. Um, Cause at first I was actually just going to work with Jesse. And then he asked if you wanted, uh, if, if Sarah could join in as well. And I, like, uh, I guess, of course. Yeah. Why not? Right. Um, but uh, you know, they don't have terrible memories or anything, but they have very hectic lives. They have to 
you know, they're spinning yeah. dozens and dozens of plates that they have to keep up and float. Um, so memory and being able to keep track of things, appointments, names, things you did, things you didn't do. Yeah. That's, that's key. Right. Um, so it was a fantastic experience to kind of jump into their world and see, I think I thought my life was busy and stressful, but, um, <laughs> yeah, they have a lot going on and, and memory is, is some of the things that can help kind of manage that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause there is a lot of stuff, right. That we have to manage and the better memory certainly helps. So what tips do you have? I know I, I read something you were calling it, um, uh, the creating memory places, right? So how do we create better memory places? Yeah. So it's, it's, this is a, a technique that's been around for thousands of years. The, the ancient Greeks supposedly um, invented it, but there's even, you know, um, there's even evidence that even other ancient civilizations have used some form of it. Um, what it is, basically, you take some kind of place or um, structure. Uh, the Greeks would use a memory palace is what it was called. So it would typically be like a, a, a physical structure um, that they would imagine. Um, and it would be someplace that's real, just, you know, mapped into their mind. So they'd yep. close their eyes and think about this place. I guess they lived in palaces back then. <laughs> your house or apartment is fine enough. Yep. But basically what you do is when you're memorizing something, uh, you convert it into imagery, some pictures to help you, you know, visualize it. And then to store it all, to keep it all in order, you put it along a path through this place, this memory palace. And it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like out of this world a little bit, but it takes advantage of what our brains are naturally good at. Um, and one of those things is spatial information. We just gobble that stuff up, hmm. soak it up. Um, so, and if you think of your house, you know your house like the back of your hand. It's not right. something extra you have to memorize. If I asked you to close your eyes and imagine walking from your front door up to your bedroom, you could do that, you right. know, and you'd have an extraordinary amount of detail too you know, what's on the left side here in the hallway, you know, pieces of furniture, all that stuff. So if I had a list of say 10 items that I needed to do today, um, all I'd have to do is just start at the front door of my house and imagine a picture for the first thing on the door. Um, then imagine walking through the door into the entryway of the house, putting the second thing and just making a little pathway through your house or palace, um, putting images around. And then when it comes time to recalling it, all you have to do is think of, where did you store this information? My house. Think of the path through your house and the images should be there. So if you wanted me to learn 10 names or whatever, and you know, one of them is, you know, Tom, I got to put a picture of Tom on my front door and I'm thinking of, is that what well, you're saying? Something like that? Yeah. Names is a little different because okay. um, you never know like who you're going to see again. You know, I might meet, True. say I go to a party, I meet five people, never see them again. Do yeah. I want to waste a memory palace on them? I don't know, but maybe yeah. one of them I see two weeks later and I need to know their name. So who's to say you should put in a memory policy right. or not? So with the technique I just shared with, the, uh, with memorizing names, you put the image on their person, right? Yeah. They are the memory palace. Yep, they yep, yep. are a kind of a, um, a portable memory palace. Yep, right? that makes sense. So it doesn't always have to be a house. That's just kind of a general sure. uh, explanation of it. And, and one of the ways that Greeks used to do it, but putting it on a person uh, like a name is also, it's a structure, right? That is a space. Um, and the nice thing about it is you don't have to worry about it. The person goes away and if they show up, they bring it with them because it's attached to them. 
obviously mentally wireless yeah wireless yeah exactly wireless so talk to us what do you see besides maybe the name thing of uh, you know being at a party or something like that what what do you see the most normal people fail whether it's just personal life business life what can we do better that we can you know listen to this podcast and immediately take some action to get better at something what would that be yeah you know it's obviously these techniques can help you remember specific things much better right if i could teach you a memory technique for numbers we could go and test you on numbers and you'd be able to more remember more instantly. Um, so there's that kind of direct um, impact of these techniques. But I feel like more generally, the biggest takeaway that someone can benefit from right now without me even having to say very much is to think about memory in a different way, right? That it's something that we all can do. Um, it takes a bit of effort. There's no way around that. Um, but if you think of information that comes at you in a way of how can I make this memorable? How can I imagine this as a picture? Um, you're suddenly going to see memorizing things in a different way. It's going to be more enjoyable. You're going to have more confidence as things start to stick more. And suddenly your life, you know, memory lapses don't happen as often um, because you're aware of it. I think nowadays you don't even think twice about it. Sure, maybe some people are like, oh, my memory's crap right now. But that's, that's all it is. There's never any positive thoughts about right. it. So it just yeah, ends right. up in the dumpster and uh, it's this self-feeding circle of, of damage that happens to your memory. And we have these things, right? That just do everything for us. So we never have to use it. So yeah. if you start using it, I guarantee you, even if you struggle a little bit, that you will get better at remembering, yeah. even without techniques. So so when you're standing at that same cocktail party and you and I, let's say we don't know each other, we're standing there, we're talking and all of a sudden, are you, when you and I are having a conversation, if you think, hey, this guy's going to come back in my life, obviously you don't know when, but maybe it's a small circle and so you probably pretty good chance you're going to see me. Are you, you're doing extra work when we're talking, right? Versus the rest of us may just be chilling yeah. and talking. You're kind of doing some extra mind work while we're in a, engaged in a conversation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it like this. Like I'm going to give you a very crude example. And it's yeah. not always the case, but imagine you're a guy at a bar and you see the hottest girl of your life yeah. or the other way around. Um, and you talk to her, she happens to give you her number or her name. You are not going to forget that. Right. Because that's right. That's right. Doesn't, not, not your life does not, it's not that your life depends on it, but yeah. you know, it, you got some yeah. motivation there. Right. right. Yeah. Imagine you could apply that same focus and attentiveness to everything. Right. If I met you at a party and I knew that knowing you and your name and maybe some facts about you or your number, if I had it would give me some kind of advantage down the road. Um, whether it's between you know advancing our relationship or some potential deal or um, who knows just something to to keep you in my in in your to keep me sure. in your mind as well um, I'm gonna make that extra effort uh, to do that you know yeah and how important is asking questions during that I mean is that a key part of what you're doing is asking questions versus just you talking yeah I mean I don't it's not like a specific thing but I, I do try to really, you know, be in the moment and, and, and invest myself in the person, you know, yeah. I think a big problem people have is they're thinking about what they need to say next or something else they need to do. They're not present. But if I'm there with you, I literally want to know who you are and right. why you have your name and what you do for a living, because that I know for one is going to make it more memorable. And two, here I am with you. I, I'm invested in what we're doing right now. So yeah. If I don't want, if I don't want to know that, then I shouldn't be talking to you. you know? Yeah, yeah. So therefore, you're not going to put it in the uh, in the palaces or anything like that because you don't really yeah. 
the end of the day care that much. So, yeah. so talk to us about how this then turns into you climbing mountains and, <laughs> and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, how does that work? Um, it, I don't know how, really how it works, <laughs> but it just ha- kind of happened. Um, I, I like to do a lot of different things, as I said before, and um, traveling and experiencing kind of life-changing mental kind of challenges uh, is up my alley. And at one point, I, you know, I was curious about climbing mountains, so I took a course in, the, in Washington State in the mountains and uh, loved it. You know, it was one of the most radically different experiences I've ever had in my life at the time. It was difficult, uncomfortable. I actually hated it for most of the time. I was doing it, but afterwards realized how amazing of an um, experience it was. And I loved the mental challenge of it because a lot of it was just plodding along with your thoughts and this voice inside your head saying, this is boring, this is hard, this hurts, let's quit. And I liked being able to squash that voice or at least kind of confront that voice and battle it out, you know, and see what happened. And uh, I think that there's a lot of lessons there too, being able to stifle that voice and, and to meet that person that's talking in your head saying stupid shit. Yeah. So um, that kind of caught on and, and it just kind of became another kind of road in my life. And I tied it all together with my, my uh, memory thing by climbing mountains for a purpose. And that purpose was to raise awareness for Alzheimer's um, through a charity that I started. So it all kind of, kind of came together, you know? So, I mean, the planning is obviously critically important when it comes to that. Cause again, you don't just wake up and like, you don't just become the four time memory champ. You don't just wake no. up and say, I want to climb uh, Mount Everest today. So talk yeah. to us about planning. And so think about a lot of business people listen to this podcast and they have to plan and we're in a great time of the year for that. Right. What, what, what are we going to be thinking about for 2020? Yeah. And yeah. you know, I, I've been saying to people, you know, you got 27 decades or 27 days left in this decade. Yeah. Think about it. We're going to start a new decade. It's crazy. So, so talk to us about planning and the importance of that. Yeah. You know, it's a great point. Nobody just goes and climbs Everest. If you do, you could die. There's a high risk there. Um, But even with the memory stuff, you know, like I never said, Hey, my goal four time champ, right? No way. And anyone who's going to say that, I mean, there's things you can tell yourself to motivate you. That's fine. But yep. being realistic, that was not uh, kind of a good place to start when you don't even know how to memorize anything from day right. one, you know? So for me, you know, having these kind of little goals along the way um, and trying to achieve them, you know, just aiming single-mindedly on that little goal, that mini goal. And then when I got there, aim for another one, slightly more difficult and right. so on. This is baby steps, right? Yep. I'm not saying anything new to anybody there, but it's the same in mountain climbing too. You know, you have the goal, which is the summit, which when you look at the, you look at it from the bottom, you're just well, like, you I'm never going right? to get there. You can, sometimes you can't even see it. Uh, and if you do, it just looks so, so far and high up. But what you do is, you know, you look at the rock that's just like, you know, hundred feet away and you put your head down and you, you know, toil and push mm-hmm. through, through the altitude and you get there. And okay. That wasn't too bad. Let's do another one, right? And you get higher and higher. And before you know it, you look around, there's, you're on the summit, right. you know? Um, and that, that applies to everything. Um, the important thing, though, is to – that's a very obvious metaphor. But with training well, – I think it's crucial, right, to think about how important that is in our own planning is to think about, okay, I've got a – maybe somebody's in sales, listen, they've got a 12-month goal that either they've established or their company established, and they thought, yeah. gosh, how in the heck am I going to get that done? Well, it's that first sale and then the, then the next one, right? And the next thing yeah. you know, you, you woke up and you did your deal. 
Yeah. And I think what else is important to kind of, so people can build metaphors out of this how they want, but when I'm climbing the mountain and aiming for that small goal, that's the only goal, right? It's mm. not like I'm taking breaks and, you know, painting something on the side or right. doing some yoga over here. No, right. I'm just taking steps. That's the only thing I'm doing, right? To get mm. to that thing. Yep. That's the only way I get there. So right. um, I'm not saying don't do any other thing at all, but um, getting to your miniature goals, you got to make it a focus, right? Um, it's easy to get bogged down in a lot of different things, especially nowadays. Um, but you got to kind of be good at weeding out what's not entirely relevant right now to get to that goal and um, just work at it yeah. on that path. So what's your process like for that? I mean, did you have a team around you? Is there accountability partners? I mean, what did that look like knowing you're going to go into Everest? Uh, for the Everest thing, I mean, training was one thing and I was just basically all by myself. Um, but when you're on the mountain, yeah, you, you go with a, typically a group or a company that helps you with logistics. Yep. Um, and then you're just doing the climbing part uh, from camp to camp. Um, so there's a bit of research going into that. See who's you know, reliable, good reviews and, and trustworthy people. People who climb the way that I like to climb. Yep. People, different companies do it different ways. Um, I like and they go more. all the way to the top with you? Yeah, yeah. Typically what will happen is you'll climb with a Sherpa, um, yep. one of the locals uh, who are highly trained, uh, high altitude. They live up there, you know, yeah. and um, they are your buddy and they know way more than you do. You know, I never say I'm a professional mountaineer at all. Uh, it's, it's a hobby. I'm an amateur and uh, these guys are professionals and they, um, you know, they know what they're doing. So uh, yeah, you, you go up with one of those, uh, those guys and they, um, they help you. And it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting kind of partnership because I don't want to say they take care of you because um, you still have to do a lot to take care of sure. yourself, but they're kind of your, kind of your accountability partner, you know, part-time psychologist, probably <laughs> that too. Yeah. Other yeah. Oh, amazing people. I mean, they, they don't really speak great English, but somehow you communicate with them and they understand you. And they're some of the nicest, most hardworking people on the planet. Yeah. So uh, again, we'll tie a lot of these kind of thoughts into the, the Mount Everest, but back into the business world, but you know, you got to have a support system, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that you, yeah. right. You have a child, you're, you're married. I mean, all those things. Right. And so yeah. what's that support system like and how important is that for your success in Mount Everest or in a business? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's super important. I mean, uh, let's talk about when I started doing the memory stuff, you know, I needed a lot of time to work on um, the training aspect of things. And luckily at the time I had, I was in a position to be able to spend that time and not have any other kind of distractions or things I had to do that would take away from that time. And at the time I was living with my family, they were very supportive. Um, albeit they thought it was kind of a weird goal. <laughs> I didn't know what I was really doing in my room so many hours. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't have done it without their help. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's a huge thing you need to be able to do what you do. And um, right now, you know, I'm married with a kid and I have the support of my wife to do some of these crazy projects. And without her, I don't know if I'd yeah. be able to, yeah. to do it. So what's next? What's, uh, what's the next Mount Everest? And don't necessarily obviously mean a mountain, but what's, what's next for Nelson? Yeah, um, I'm trying to win a fifth time. Uh, that's kind of been a goal for a number of years. And my last win was in 2015, and I've, I came close. I, I didn't compete for a couple of years, but I competed last, this past year and came in second. Okay. I was very close to winning. 
um, but that's not enough for me. So um, try to win that. And then there's a couple kind of memory records I'd like to break. Um, you have six, or you were currently holding uh, what two or three of them right now, and you at one time held probably six or seven, right? Yeah, yeah, I had a bunch. At one point, some get taken away, win them yeah. back. Uh, I think right now I have I have one American record, which I'm really proud of, yeah. memorizing names, and then I have a few other international ones that are still standing, but could be lost uh, anytime, really. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like the mile, right? First person to run the uh, four-minute mile, then everybody does it. So you're you're setting you're setting records, and people are you know records are made to be broken. So uh, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. so when you hear the word attitude, what comes to mind? I think of of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, uh, yeah, it's a great word. Um, you know, there's so many ways to 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 react and respond to certain things, and um, I think attitude. I think of kind of being consistent. Um, you know, it's, it's how you react to stuff. And mm. if, if, if that's always wild and, and changing, I think it's hard to stay focused and get what you want done. But if, you know, I, I, the people can use different kinds of attitudes to get different things uh, accomplished. But I think if you have a, like a consistent attitude towards something, I think that's probably the thing to aim for. Um, yeah, that's a tough question. I don't know. But yeah. Very good. So, what, so when you think of, and again, we're Nelson Dallas here. So, Nelson, how do you how do you define success when it comes to you and your life? Yeah, success. Um, it's like being able to execute your your passion as much as possible. Possible, and I've done that a lot, so I feel very successful. But I can also say I don't feel like I've accomplished everything. I still strive for success. Like I don't yep. feel like I've fully attained it. So. That definition might not be 100% correct for me, but I feel like I'm on the right track. Um, you know, there's always more that I want to do. It's hard for me sometimes to be like, no, I did that thing. I should be, right. I should feel good and, and finished and like I'd be able to wrap it up. But um, I always want to push a little more. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a closed definition of that, but it has, I know it has something to do with the things that I try to do every day that make yeah. me happy. That's good. I think happiness right there, what you just said, that's key, right? I mean, so many times people pursue things that may not even make them happy, but they think it's going to make them happy. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And and I I fall into that too, but, you know, eventually I come around and realize that's not what I want to do. That's the thing I want to do. I know that makes me happy. Like, not happy like in a, you know, uh, this is what people like. It's like a true sense of calm and Again, being in the moment when you're doing that thing, like that is to me what uh, being happy is. Uh, when you don't think about where else you are other than where you are. Do you find yourself, I mean, because obviously you have a wife, you have a child, you're trying to be a, a five-time champion. Do you find yourself in the moment or do you find yourself a lot of times maybe thinking about that next goal or that next, again, air quotes here, but Mount Everest, whatever that thing is for somebody listening to this. How do you personally stay in the moment and enjoy that little bath time or that whatever time with your little guy? Yeah, I have to be very aware of that because who knows, before I know it, my kid's going to be five and he's never going to be one year old doing those bath times again, you know? And I try to remind myself of that uh, as often as I can, that when I'm with him, it's it's a fleeting moment. It's never going to be like this again. And, um, you know, I, I try to put my phone away and and really be there with him. Uh, because again, that'll also make it more memorable. 
Um, and in, in the end, that's all you want, right? Is yeah. to leave an impact and to also remember um, experiences like that. Um, yeah, it's tough, I think, when you're on the grind, isn't it? I mean, I got four boys and my oldest, I got 14, 12, uh, nine, and five. And, you know, my 14-year-old seems like he was just in your situation yesterday, a one-year-old, right? And now it's yeah. like, you know, he just goes on his own to bed and all sorts of stuff. And it's just, it's crazy. But, you know, my five-year-old said, hey, can you just lay with me for a minute? You know, you're exhausted. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. before yeah, long, they're not going to ask you to cuddle, right? And exactly. Like, so, yeah. So it's, it's a balance, right? Because like here, I'm in this call with you. My door is shut. I'm not, I'm thinking of this, right? This right. is it. I know I heard a, a while ago, my, my kid crying, but you know, it, of course that's distracting, but I know that this is my hour that I set aside for this call with you. And I owe that to you and for my career to do this call as presently as I can. But when it's done, you know, I got to balance it and, and do the same for him and yep. for my wife, you know? Yep. So talk to us about your book, uh, your book called Remember It. And uh, you, I know you've got a book, you've got your YouTube channel, you've got a documentary uh, called Memory Games on Netflix, which I've actually seen, which is really nice. cool. Um, so go check that out. But talk to us about your book. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a long time coming. I mean, it came out last September, okay. uh, actually of 2018, to be clear. And uh, it's basically a how-to book uh, for all the day-to-day -day stuff that people forget. You know, names, where you put your keys, where you parked your car. There's even stuff about more complex things, how to memorize a deck of cards, yeah. um, numbers, dates, and appointments, all those kinds of things. And um, there's a lot of memory books out there, I'm not going to lie. But I try to make mine a bit different in the sense that it was a very visual, you know, handheld thing. Obviously, you can get an audiobook version and a Kindle version, but the handheld thing is really the most memorable iteration of that book. It's got pictures, it's colorful. I did everything that I talk about in the book to this book to make it as memorable as possible. So I, I really think that helps, especially with such a dry topic as memory, you know? Yep. Um, and then also I have a, a kid's version of that book coming out next year, which I'm also oh, very cool. excited about. Well, to check it out and get that for yeah. the kiddos. So yeah. that's awesome. So um, is there anything you can go through with me for a couple minutes? You have one of those things if somebody says, hey, just help me be a better memory person or have a better memory in, in two minutes or less or three minutes or less. What, you got anything we can go through and you can use me as your guinea pig to show people? Because you're also yeah. for hire, right? People can bring you in for their companies. You speak all over the place. Um, you know, if you're like Jesse Itzler and you want to bring you in for the weekend or something like that, you can do that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Let's do this. Um, let me find something here. That's, that's a good one. Hang on. We're going to maybe, I may, I may cut this? so Sorry. bad. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, can we cut this? For, yeah, exactly. Uh, this backfires uh, no. on me and I look like a fool. I'll be like, that guy's got a terrible memory. All right. Here's a question for you. Do you have any toasts that you know by heart? Uh, yeah, it's a very simple one, but yes, I do. What do you, what is it? Uh, we learned it when I was real young in the business world. May we prosper, prosper and prosper. Okay. It's well, the first that's, thing that's... that came to mind. It's terrible, but it's the first thing that came to mind because it's what they did every year at the Christmas party where I used to work. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, hang on. There's one here. Uh, I, I, I want to teach you one, but because it's a cool little memory technique for memorizing like a bit of text, like a line or two. All right. It's called, this is the, this is the quote. All right. May you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead. May you right? be in heaven a half an hour before you know that for the devil knows you're dead. Yeah. So um, this is, this is what you do. If, if you want to memorize something, that one's not too difficult, but you could apply it to something a little more complex or longer. Um, basically what you do is 
you read it to yourself a couple times. All right, so let me actually post this in your um, chat here. Hold on. All right, here. I'm going to post it in the chat, all right, of our conversation here. May the, or this is another way. Yeah, may you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead. All right, so on a piece of paper, after you read it a couple times to yourself, what you do is you write every first letter of each word. Just write it down on paper. If it's capital, you capitalize it. If it's lowercase, you lowercase it. If there's a comma, include like punctuation. So in this case, we would end up with M, Y, B, I, H, capital H for heaven. H, A, H, B, T, capital D for devil, K, Y, D, and then an apostrophe, uh, exclamation. You have it written down? Okay. So now you look at what you just wrote and try to say the quote out without cheating. If you have to cheat or peek, okay. No, but if you have to peek, it's okay. But try your best to just say it by looking at the letters. May you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead, exclamation point. H was capitalized for heaven and D was capitalized for devil. That's good. So already that's pretty impressive, right? If you're just looking at a bunch of letters and you already pretty much know, you said it right, right? Um, so say that a couple times looking at what you wrote. Um, may you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead exclamation point again, agent yeah. D capitalized. Okay. So you do that a couple times and then you try it without. So don't look and don't look at the other thing I wrote and see if you have it. Uh, may you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead exclamation point H yeah. is. Well, you don't have to say that part, right? That's not All part right. of the test. All right. All right. <laughs> But yeah, and, and so it's, it's almost like this magic trick in a way because yeah. you read it a couple of times, normal, you write it down. The writing process, I think, is key. And then you read it without most of the letters, yep. just the first letters. And then if you take it away, most of the time it's there. Huh. Um, and this works with really long passages of text. I have a video on YouTube where I memorized this stupid, kind of long speech from a, a comedic film and, and it, I mail it. Huh. Yeah, I like that because it is, I have a black journal, I use everything. And it's, if somebody brings something up that reminds me of my journal, I can literally go almost to the, not to the actual page, but I know if it's on the left side, right side, top, bottom, I, I agree. I mean, writing yeah. stuff down is, is a big, big deal. And, and I think too, about grocery lists, right? Your wife may ask you, hey, pick up some milk and eggs and whatever. And, and I, I don't know, I got to write it down. You probably can remember, yeah. you know, 15 things and go to the store, but. Yeah, but if, if, if you want, so, so there's techniques like the memory palace that would help you memorize a list without even having to write it down. But uh, writing things down in interesting ways where it's maybe not the complete uh, information uh, will help your brain kind of force the rest of it. And that action alone makes it more memorable. Got it. Well, good. Where can our listeners find more of you, Nelson? Where are you at? You're on social yeah, media um, now? Yeah, my biggest one is is YouTube. That's where I spend most of my time. I have uh, I just broke 50,000 subscribers and nice. Congrats. trying to push to 100K. So if, if any listeners are out there are interested Absolutely. in memory tips videos, I have a ton. It's all free, right? Um, and uh, I would love a subscriber uh, to subscribe. So yeah. Awesome. And then on Instagram, I know. Yeah. Uh, my name is Nelzor, N-E-L-Z-O-R. Um, and I just post a lot of random stuff, my climbs, memory stuff, my family. And somebody um, wants to hire you, where they find you? On, uh, you got a website as well. Yep. Just go to nelsondellis.com and uh, you can contact me uh, on my contact page there and I can send you details on how this stuff works, what I offer and 
uh, we can get started. Well, very cool. Well, definitely check out his YouTube page. I've been there. It's a lot of great stuff and uh, just lots of videos. And I think these, uh, these little brain hacks, whatever you want to call them, are, are crucial, especially in the line of work that we're all in, the business world. And, and even so, just personally, you know, you're at a cocktail party over the holidays. It's good to remember somebody's name because it's your name and it, it means a lot to people, right? When you hear it out sure. loud. So, oh, yeah. Just knowing a person's name is a huge, huge advantage. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nelson, thanks so much for being with us on The Circuit of Success, man. Happy holidays and great being with you. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be on the show. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.